Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Kids love movies. Movies, videos, and other forms of multimedia are these days integral to public, private, and special education curriculum. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to all the visual images of the movies that young people who are sighted enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education. Baby Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience media with audio description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher and recognition for your school and a chance to hold the awesome title, a Beatty Award winner. Just go to www.dcmp.org learn 658 to enter. That's www.dcmp.org slash learn slash 658. And keep on enjoying audio description. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream or wherever you get your podcasts. Someday we'll find it. The Rainbow Connection The Lovers, the Dreamers And Me Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Corona. I am joined, of course, by Leah Gardner, our BPI's vice president. Hi, Leah. Hi, Anthony. Hey, everybody listening. Happy New Year. I know I wasn't here last week. Um, Good to be back. Well, this evening, we will be speaking with one of our new members, Gerald Herstrich, and it's going to be a fascinating conversation but I just have to give one notice. Gabriel Lopez Cafati is, as all uh, persons who are involved in nonprofits may know, the work never seems to stop and he is catching up on a bunch of things for Blind Pride. He'll be back with us next week. But um, I also have another announcement to make about next week's show. Our Pride Connection next week is going to uh, feature a friend to the show, uh, a couple months back, we had an amazing interview with Kevin Spiritus and Michael Slade from After Forever. If you guys have not checked out After Forever on Amazon Prime, please go check it out. It's in, in a very quick, it's a series about a man in his 50s who loses his partner to cancer. Now, having said that, there is a sad component to having Kevin back on. They released a special uh, it's called Riley's Awesome uh, School Project. It is basically remembrances of the character who we don't meet in life, but we see his ghost in After Forever. Um, and this is a remembrance around him, but it's also a memorial because unfortunately, a friend to the show, Michael Slade passed away right before Christmas. He lost his battle with cancer. Oh, and no. it's... Ex- it's especially poignant because he's the one who lost his partner 
about seven years ago, chill cancer as well. And that's, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little uh, choked up. I'm, that's, that was the genesis of where the show came from, his experience losing his partner. And um, so we're going to have Kevin on to talk about the new special and some remembrances of Michael. Uh, so please join us next Tuesday for Pride Connection. Leah, why don't you introduce Gerald and, and get us started? Yeah, uh, I need a second because I, 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 uh, I had no idea that that was the case, and we just talked to Michael Slade in May. Um, but so I'm, I'm. Uh, I think next show, uh, please everybody listen to next week's show, and if you didn't hear the original broadcast on After Forever, check out the uh, Amazon Prime series. Please go back in our podcast archives and check it out, and definitely check out uh, Amazon Prime um, if you're able, um, Prime Video. Uh, so Gerald Hurstred joined us a few months ago, and um, he has been a really involved member since that time. Uh, very proud of his uh, Florida living status. And um, <laughs> I don't think a conversation goes by with, with Gerald where uh, a, a love for where he lives is not mentioned. Now, not, not the political aspects, but the lack of harsh weather, I want to, I want to add. But um, <laughs> so we, we, so dis <laughs> we discovered the other thing that I want to say about Gerald is that he, he seems to listen to us almost every week and he is an oracle of information because many many times we have said something or asked a question during the show and i have received a text from gerald um with really pertinent information that i that, you know that that we need to share so um we kind of we wanted to learn more about gerald for this episode more about his life and what brought him to bpi and uh, we just just wanted to have a uh, a one-on-one, -on -one, or I guess I should say two-on-one -on -one conversation with him. So ganging welcome. up on me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the show, Gerald. Hey, usually it would be three-on-one, but one of these days, all three of us co-hosts will be um will be together again. One of these <laughs> days. Yes. <laughs> Next week for sure. Yes. Welcome, Gerald. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. So let's start. Um, let's start with New York and let's start with young Gerald. Um, tell us about where you're from um, I, I and your up, early life. Before uh, Florida. I, before Florida. <laughs> I grew up in I grew up in the Bronx, not far from Yankee Stadium. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, oh boy. I'm a Red Sox fan, so I might need to I'm, I might I might need to leave the show. Well, it's it's okay. My my daughter my daughter my daughter married a a, a guy from Boston. It was a red. Sox okay. Player. All right. All right. And all these pictures have makes a it, ha makes and, and all these pictures have wearing him wear a, a Red Sox hat. So, and I still Very like good. him. <laughs> so you grew up in the Bronx. Um, yes. As you told us, you worked in national A and um property management yes. you were in the national guard for seven or eight years six, six, you, years. Uh, six, six years. years you yeah. obviously um 
either married or had some sort of relationship. Um, yeah, there I are would, I, a boy I, and a, there's a boy and a girl, right? Right, right. I was I was married for 17 years to uh, a woman from London. I got married in London, hmm. there, mm. London, England, there, not London, Connecticut, uh, <laughs> or New London, <laughs> New London, old London. Yeah, there. I've been. Uh, and I came, I separated and came out in 1991. I have a, a son and a daughter, and like I like to say, a son and a daughter and two son-in-laws. Yeah. Ah. So uh, and and uh, three grandchildren. My daughter has two, wow. as a, a four-year-old and a 20-month-old, and my son and his husband have a seven-year-old. Yeah, and they they are now living up in the New York all in the New York area, one in Brooklyn, one in New Jersey. You haven't convinced anyone to come to Florida yet. No, they grew <laughs> up down here. They they went. They, they, yeah. I, I moved here. I was still married, and they were mm -hmm. five and three. They went, and then they went away to college up north, and they never came mm -hmm. back. They met their spouses, and they never came back. Yeah. Yeah. So first, let me say thank you for your service. Can you um, can you tell us a little bit about your time in the National Guard? And at that point, did you have inklings or or rumblings of who you would become? Mm, yeah, I, I believe I think so. In the back of my mind, I mean, I joined the forty second uh, in the forty second Infantry Division, which is the Rainbow Division. Their patches are rainbow, so I must it must have been something subconscious in me <laughs> to, to be a member of that of that organization there, which was from 1970 to 76 during the Vietnam. Though I I never left the country, mm -hmm. yeah, but I was in an artillery unit there, and uh, it was I was a weekend warrior for six years. Was there a possibility that you'd ever, I, I'm not that familiar with how the National Guard works. Was there a possibility that you'd ever be called into some sort of action? Well, there's always that possibility to be nationalized, yes. But uh, it wasn't, it, in today's, most of today's National Guard has been national, has gone, you know, into national service. Then, yeah. Federalized. Right, but the the, the National Guard, the National Guard would would stay, just for just for clarification, the National Guard would stay uh, stateside. However, correct, and, that, and step into situations where where they might be needed. At that uh, for, at that at that time, yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Just like right now, the it's it, it, what's happening with the inauguration. Mm -hmm. It's the National Guard that's being uh, positioned, not the not the U.S. Army. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I, it would behoove us not to ask the, the, the events of the last week. Um, if you were still in the National Guard, what, uh, what do you think? Well, it doesn't matter if you were still or not. So what's your reaction to, to how the situation <laughs> was handled last week? Uh, how, what was, well, it was a mess. It was chaos there. Yeah. You'd, I think you all know how I feel about that. There, you know, they should be thrown out. Some of these people, there, and hopefully, well, a few of them have been suspended. And I know this: the uh, sergeant at, at arms uh, yes, uh, for no, both I, the House and the Senate have been asked to resign. Um, and they did. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, there's someone one other one other major person that's in charge there was also resigned. Yeah. Uh, that well, the head of the Capitol Police uh, yeah. resigned. Yeah. So there's definitely a great span of time between let's 1991 and getting to BPI, but maybe we need to go back to the mid or late 80s. Tell us a little bit about about that part of your journey and and when you knew that thing that you were that you needed or wanted to come out. Uh, well, uh, well, I think I always I think I always knew that I was gay. Uh, I had that inclination. At, oh, and at, at that time and things and through you know my upbringing and everything it it was like uh i didn't know that much about gay life there as i always like to say that uh, strange bachelor down the street he was he, he was uh he was a bachelor he was you know that's all that you you knew mm-hmm. of him confirmed bachelor a conf- yeah. yeah confirmed bachelor i couldn't think of the term yes yes Yes, that's, you know, that's all, you know, you never knew anything. Though New York is a big, big city and it's full of gay people, as as Anthony knows, it's really a whole bunch of small cities. It's it it's your it's your neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and who, you know, and who, you know, you don't, you don't live in the city, you live in your area. And, and that's, you know, that's what's your influence there at the time. And at that time, I, I didn't know much about being gay and, or, you know, or how to express it. And it, it wasn't in my family. And mm-hmm. I just sublimated those feelings until, the, until such a time when uh, they came to the surface and you couldn't deny them again on that. Did you feel any sort of, of, of I guess, ambivalence or, or apprehension you know, when you, when you, uh, when you did get, get married or did you feel like it was, well, it was the right thing to, I, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, th- I guess so. The thing was, is that when I was younger, I, I liked the idea of dating, you know, as such. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I didn't, you know, I was never, it was never like at the time when everybody, my friends and stuff would go out and a successful date was when you got had sex at the end of it. And that wasn't, <laughs> you know, if, it, if you didn't have sex, it wasn't a good date there. And that wasn't really for me. I, I enjoyed the part of going out, of socializing, having dinner, going to a movie, going to a show. But what I didn't have that sexual urge to be with a, with a woman mm-hmm. on there. And that, you know, that, that was, you know, just to have a good, a good, social evening was was satisfactory to me and i didn't get married till i was 28 at the time and which was at that time most most people my my generation were getting married at 21 22 years old and i waited till i was 28 there to, to just before my 29th birthday i got married in 1975 did she have any any idea that there may be other feelings inside you? No, no, no. I I I, I never expressed them. I never. I don't. I don't think so. No. No. Not 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 at that time, because I I did I I didn't look around. I I didn't experiment. I just though I always looked at men. 
And I, you know, I always admired good looking men. I still do. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. So at least two of those dates definitely were be categorized as successful. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't mind just giving us a little insight to what the what married life was still early years, raising kids, and maybe you know go into when you started to realize you were not going to be able to keep this inside yourself the rest of your life. Well, yeah, well, uh, I was living in New York at that. I got married in 1975. And I moved to Florida in 1984 at that time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, I just, what was it like? It, it was good. The first, the first several years, first several years, <laughs> I would say, at least the first 10 years, well, you know, was, was a uh, leave it to beaver life, sort of, you know, and <laughs> that way, raising, raising the two children, have, buying a home, going to work, supporting my, you know, supporting my family. And I never, I never gave it, a, sexually, I never gave it a thought, but I didn't, I always felt when I was having sex with my wife, to be honest, that I was performing, mm -hmm. I was acting, you know, I, I, I never got that feeling afterwards that I got once I came out. And I, you know, and I first had same-sex sex. Do you think she was concerned? I mean, did you ever hear it from her that she was at all concerned about the intimacy? No, 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 not, not. Though, you know, after a while, we didn't have that much sex anymore. But she was English, so what do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really funny that you classify it that way. I remember it had to be in the late 90s, possibly the early 2000s. Sally Jesse Raphael was a talk show that was, you know, sort of, you know, nicer than Jerry Springer, but had those, you know, those shows that was salacious and sensational. Oh, and yeah. I remember, you know, as I was coming out, I had come across a, a show where there were three married couples, a, a younger, you know, a younger set that had only been married three or four years, a middle, you know, a set that had been married for maybe 10 or, or 15, and then an older set that all had, um, the, you know, the husband had come out and one couple, they were best friends and living together, raising kids, et cetera. The other, you know, were bitter and, and, and horrible. And I remember hearing from one of the men almost the exact wording he he said he felt like he was play acting um the the intimacy and the relationship but everything else about the life being a father you know working and coming mm -hmm. home and having dinner on the table and driving to soccer games and football games etc that was real that was his life but he exactly. play acted to have mm -hmm. that life that he he wanted and needed for himself Exactly. You know, the sexual part of it, I felt like I was performing, you know, this is what you're supposed to do now. And then you go to this and then you go to that. But it wasn't until I had same sex, a same sex experience after I separated that I said, this is what sex is supposed to be like. And, you know, an emotional, I had an emotional attachment, which I didn't, I don't, I sexually, I never had a really emotional attachment to my, mm. to my wife. Did your how, separation have, oh, go ahead, Leah, sorry. I was just going to kind of ask, you know, before, how did you come to the conclusion that 
you that you needed to separate that you're going to have to um that that you needed to make such a life change because there must have been so many considerations involved in that you had kids yeah. um i'm gonna guess they were like like teenage they, they were young at the time not uh when i separated they were nine and 13. yeah i mean you had you had them to consider and how did you approach making that um major a life decision well, I, to to a great extent, I think it was on my wife's part. I think I would have stayed in the marriage a lot longer because that's was my family's history. You know, you didn't get divorced. You know, this is what it was, and you know, and and she she knew that we weren't getting along. You know, emotionally we was we were uh, separate. We were parting ways there. Mm-hmm. And, and and she was the one that I think that really made the decision to say this is not working. We have you know, I can't I can't do this anymore because I would I would have stuck it out for a lot longer. I'm sure mm-hmm. at the time. But so that, she know, made that she she made that determination that that right, it was time to right. part ways and that at least right. you know in that in that way. Right. Exactly. Yes. How long after the separation was it until you sort of had the comfortability? I know you you said you had experience or or theory experiences, but when did you when did you know? Okay, I'm going to start telling the world this is you know, or I'm going to start living in the world as a gay man. Uh, probably around six or seven months after we separated. Mm-hmm. What what it was really like, like I said earlier i had no really basis you know of what gay life was about beforehand and what 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 brought me out more into the public was i went to the alibi which you know of in in wilton manners you know up until up until that up until that time it was the you know the i had the um the general conception of gay men were, were all feminine and with limp wrists and all that, you know, that whole uh, Paul Lind type of person on there. And I had a, a, I knew a, a gay man, a friend who was just a friend. And I was interested and we went to the alibi. And when I walked in there, I realized it's everybody. You, you know, there is no set stereotype. There, I mean, they were tall. They were they were tall. They were short. They were fat. They were skinny. Some even dressed badly, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and I realized that you know had nothing. You know, your sexuality had nothing to do with your personality. On there, and that's when I realized that you know it was okay. You know what what it could be like that. I didn't have to change. I didn't have to become feminine or such. And you know, it made it a lot easier to uh, come out on that. I, I got a it's question. Uh, no. I hope you guys don't mind the engineer yeah. butting in and asking a question, mm-hmm. but uh, it kind of relates to my own personal coming out. So I'm just curious how how it was for you because I was with was I was with someone for a good four years, not nearly as long as your 17 year long marriage, but it was a long chunk of time. Yes. And when I came out to her, she was very upset and very bitter and, um, you know, thinks that I lied and, and thinks that I kept things secret. Um, and that I, there was betrayal there 
did you have to deal with similar feelings of, you know, how could you lie to me? How could you keep this secret from me? How could you be married to me for so long and then come out as gay? No, that I, I, I never had with her. No. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. I mean, my son turned out to be gay, and she, and when he, when he met his, met his, his husband, his to be husband, she thought he was the best thing for my son since sliced bread. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so. That's so good to hear. Because you know, typically the story is that people are left behind and are are coming out wake, uh, sometimes very, you mm. know, confused or upset. Yeah. I wonder if she, maybe for her, I get, because sometimes I've heard it, it sort of is like a light bulb though for, for those partners and they understand why, you know, that's the key to maybe why things never quite fit. Right. Yeah. I think that, that, as snugly that, 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 as they should have. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think came to that realization. Yes. And, and that, and though I, I never cheated on her, you know, throughout our marriage. But, you know, the, the sex and the intimacy was fading away. And I think after what she realized, maybe that that was the reason why, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and like I said, I, I had this all repressed in me at the time. Yeah. At, 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 during, during, during those years. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, it took me a look. It took me until I really walked into the alibi at the time. To, to actually acknowledge to myself, this is who I am. And, and this is, you know, this is okay. And I never, I, and on that, I never felt a moment's guilt on that. Do you, do you think you might've come out earlier had there been resources uh, like we have today, like the internet, YouTube? Um, I oh, think yes. a lot more prominent GLBTQ plus folks in music and, on television, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, oh yeah, if that oh, would yeah. have changed. But also, to the extent at my age, it was a good thing that I didn't, because like someone said to me once before, if you did, if you did realize that and you came out, you know, normal, you know, at a, at a younger age, I'd be dead now, yeah. because mm. because that I was at the prime age when mm -hmm. AIDS came out, you know, at that time. And because I was talking, there was a group at a pool time, and they were talking about all these gay things in the, in the in the seventies and early eighties in New York. And I said, you know, I really wasn't involved. I was married at the time. And they said, you're lucky because if you were, mm -hmm. you would have been mm -hmm. dead. It's a good chance that you would be dead now. So this you know, so, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. I, this is a great moment to do a little plug for our convention, which is going to be the last weekend of this month. And on the Sunday, we're going to be doing a comprehensive history of the LGBTQ community from a perspective mm -hmm. of of someone who was of adult, you know, out, uh, not out as in gay, but adult out in the world. Uh, you know, I was a young kid when we started hearing of HIV and AIDS. And, and so from, from your perspective, looking at it as it started to become prominent, you know, prominent in the news cycle and, and the amount of people that's it's to, to a kid. And, and even now to me, I, I can't take that childlike, um, you know, view of it out, out of my brain. It seems like one day, it was, you know, there was no HIV and AIDS, and all of a sudden, the next day, there were hundreds and thousands of people afflicted, and 
could you could you tell us a little bit from from your perspective what it you know what the community your community and 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 the people that you knew what what kind of things were said and, and what did you feel when it started to really become a pandemic an epidemic a pand it was a pandemic there at the time well i didn't know what to think i mean really at that time, i was not involved in it really mm -hmm. early you know i i that was that was in my early marriage years there. So I was really more involved in, in this in the straight community, you know, raising my children and stuff. And it's just all, but I remember it being all over the news and stuff. And, you know, and, and, I, and when ACT UP started, you know, that was all over the place. But I, I was more of, of an observer and not, and not a participant. Did other years. couples and, and, you know, other adult friends in your life, you know, did you guys ever, you know, speak of it like, hey, you know, look at what's happening here. And, and it, you know, especially when it was the gay cancer and things like, you know, what, were there any conversations or was it just, we don't talk about this, this isn't our, this isn't our thing. This, that was it. It wasn't our thing. It mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't in my social parameters at the time. Yeah. You know, we, we all knew about it, and that was just the get. Well, should I say that's just the faggots, which was the term at the time. Yeah, it, it was much, much, uh, the straight community always referred to not as gay, but as the faggots. When yeah. you walked into the alibi that first time, how much of HIV and and um, the epidemic, how much of that was on your mind? At that a, a lot uh, on that, you know, on at that time, yes, that was you know in, in you know early nineties there, ninety you know like around 1992, it was still you know very much in the news, and you know and you, you would you know I was worried about that, and you know it did prey on my mind there, I said, but then I saw all these people there and they all looked you know. And they were all healthy, or so they seemed at the time. So it was a, uh, it did prey on my mind, I must mm -hmm. say. Yeah. As you know, saying, oh, what am I getting into? You know, am I going to be safe? Yeah. Because I do, and I, I did enjoy the emotional attachment to other men. Yeah. And not just sexually, but just the whole, the whole milieu of it. Were you able to find some good friends early on, or you know, did you have a dip in the pool, jump back for a while, dip back in? Uh, well, I never jumped out. <laughs> but I must Still say, sucking it, a lot, huh? <laughs> but uh, I must say, in a way, it was a good thing that it happened when I was living here in Florida and and here in Fort Lauderdale because there was a very good organization at the uh, Pride Center. They had. Which was very helpful for com for those that were coming out at the time, a coming out uh, organization, a men's group, mm -hmm. and which uh, which you could openly discuss these things with other, you know, with similar people. What what was going through your mind in in your first couple of weeks or even months of you know being out? Was it uh, did it, did it feel really 
liberating or, or did it kind of feel weird at first to kind of have to keep coming out to, well, I came out to this person and I got to come out to this person and I got to come out to that person. And it's well, like, you, well, I, you didn't, almost... I, I, I didn't just, I, I did, I, I was never one to, to walk around with a big flag. You know, if, if you mm-hmm. ask me, well, you know, yes, I'm gay. And my new friendships were developing well with gay men. I mean, and in a way that made it easier to come out to my children. Because when I came out to them, they said, tell us something we don't know. <laughs> and, and, and I, I said, what? I said, I said, what, what, you know, I, I was more worried, about, I was more nervous about coming out to them than to, you know, to, than to anyone. Sure. On that. Because, and I said, what do you mean? Tell, you know, when they, when they, yep. when they each one said the same thing. I said, uh, what do you mean? And they said, well, ever since you left, all your new friends are single men. You don't talk about women. You're not dating anyone. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Was they, that- they, it sounds like they were pretty understanding about it. Yeah. Well, my son turned out to be gay anyway. Right, so. right, of course. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but. But, but still, but my daughter is very, very much, you know, a, a friend, you know, never had a problem with it. As a matter of fact, the the last gay pride they had in New York, on her, uh, uh, she she went to the gay pride. My son didn't. <laughs> she, she she marched in the per- her friend works for Ch- uh, her best friend works for Ch- uh, J P Morgan Chase. Mm-hmm. And they had a big float, and she was Over on the here. float yeah. with them. Wow! And and, and and her avatar on her Facebook during the, that that month, that June month, was her and her family. <laughs> At that time, it was just they just had the uh, the little boy, was was her, with, in, encircled in a in, in a rainbow. That's what she put on her Facebook. That's so for, cool. For Pride Month. That is that is. I so think she, you were extremely lucky to have. You know, I mean, two kids that just embraced. I mean, I understand that your son is gay, and maybe on some levels it was a relief to him. But I'm just saying, have two children that that really never had any degree of of bitterness or anger. I mean, and I, I, think, I, and, I you know. and not only them, I've never had that from any any member of my mm-hmm. family. You know. God bless. Yeah, absolutely. That that just goes to show you that, like, a lot of times we build up our coming out is this, like, huge thing that's going to destroy our lives. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose all my friends and I'm going to lose all my family. And then you do it. And like you said, people just go, oh, tell me something I didn't know. Yeah, Yeah, I like to tell the story of when my my son had his, when they had his son, which is is not biologically theirs. They adopted him, but they've had him since he was a day old. And they were there at the birth. But when it, uh, he was born in, in in Baton Rouge, and they were there for the birth, mm-hmm. and when they brought, they had to stay there for two weeks because of legal things. The mother has mm-hmm. uh, the right of reset, rescission for right. two weeks, and so they came back. And being Jewish, they ha- had a ceremonial bris, and mm. uh, and my mother's cu- my mother's cousin, not my co- my mother's cousin, who was at that she's still alive, but at that time she was in her in her mid in her mid eighties, there, there, I have a beautiful picture of her whole, and she, you know, she was raised in the thirties and forties, 
for the most part, of you know an old immigrant Jewish family that's uh, Orthodox, and, and you know they kept kosher and the whole bit there. And she's sitting there, and you know I was wondering, holding him. I have a picture of her using her forefinger and just touch, holding him with a beautiful look in her eye and, and touching his chin with a, with a finger there. Couldn't, couldn't, you know, at that generation, mm-hmm. I was worried about whether they accept, they, they couldn't be more thrilled on, 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 on my son having, being, being, uh, having a husband and having a baby there. Yeah, that, I think sometimes there's a stereotype that, that uh, you know, people of, of, of a certain age are going to be less accepting. And I have to say, I have found that not to be, um, not to be accurate at all. Um, I think people of any age can be ignorant and, and not accepting. I don't think it has anything to do with, um, with generation, with nothing. No. And once in a while, people surprise you. The ones that you think are going to be steadfast, like, I don't want to deal with this. Don't ask, don't tell, huh? or even, even further surprise the heck out of you. And those that you think are going to be, you know, open and okay, you know, back away, yeah. disappear, or even have harsh things to say. Um, but like you, Gerald, I, I've told my story on, on Pride Connection before. I also had a, I, I consider myself extremely lucky in life. Um, I really had a relatively uneventful coming out. Um, I come from a huge Italian family that has um, some ties to another kind of family. And there were a few that I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. Um, there were a few that I wasn't. Well, you're from Staten Island. What else? What, what, you, you're from yeah. Staten Island. Suspected. Yeah. <laughs> Comes with the territory. Let's let's put it this way. I have cousins whose last name are Gambino, but um, <laughs> you know those I was never close with in the first place. So when they, you know, when they pulled back even more, you know, disappeared mm-hmm. or faded, you know, even further into the shadows, it didn't it didn't cost me anything. And those those you know, I played baseball professionally and, mm-hmm. and all through college. Those were the ones that I was I was so scared that you know it was going to change everything. You know, walking into the locker room, mm-hmm. got you know, what am I going to have to you know, what am I going to have to deal with? And I really, there were a couple of teammates that also sort of just faded back and, and they didn't do anything nasty or, or I'm sure things were said behind my back, but it, it actually never really got to me. And, and there were a couple of teammates that I got closer with because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't scared anymore. And, and so I could fully be the rest of me. You weren't shielding yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was New York, maybe it's human nature in general, but I, you know, it warms me to, to hear that your family, your, your children, your ex-wife and, and, and your, your uh, older generation family is so beautiful about it. What's it, if you don't mind us asking, what is it like, you know, at the the bris and and at family events when, you know, when you're there with your ex-wife and, you know, if, if there is an emotional oh. attachment in your life, you know, does she want to sit and have a cup of coffee? Where, no, do you, where are you guys now? Well, we're, we're, we're civil. Yeah, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. all, that's all I can say. You know, we talk, you know, if we the only connection we have is the children. She is now, mm-hmm. she is now living in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's now married to the lawyer she used to divorce me. <laughs> well, she had one in between. 
but the, the but the lawyer that she used to divorce me, she's now married to. Yeah. So Which, she's done okay. She's she's the, you know. Yeah. She's uh sounds like yeah. she's done. She's, yeah, she, she's, yeah, she's fine. You know, so we yeah. have we have no, we have no, no you know, mm -hmm. it's not like you see in the TV shows where you're your best <laughs> friends with your ex and you're coming <laughs> and they're coming running in in and out <laughs> of the, each other's homes, you know. But when we're when we're at a, at an affair, something to do like the bris or a bar mitzvah or something, you know, that mm -hmm. to get that's fine. We're fine and dandy. You know, we talk to each other. We're, we're pleasant. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, at my son's wedding, at my son and daughter's wedding, we were very. You know, it was no problem. Mm -hmm. You know, we both walked them down the aisle together. And, you know, and there was no no animosity. Yeah, you know, she she has her life now, and she has mm -hmm. a husband, and she's happy, and that's fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so uh, we've been talking a lot about like the aftermath of coming out, um, but I'd like to hear a little bit about the you know the the stuff that you know the blossoming friendships and the things that that grew in place of your old life when you you know after you were separated and divorced from your wife, and then after you came out, what what kind of like really good things um, blossomed in your life after you came out? Well, I made I made some very very good friends, and I, I I've had several you know only one one long, uh, fairly long term relationship on that, but other but you know like, uh, I would say just about ninety nine percent of my new friends are are you know in the gay community on there because that's that's what we have in common you know a, a common uh, sense. Of things there right it's kind of like a lot of us blind people are friends with a lot of other blind people because despite all the other like anthony and i are very different people but we have blindness in common and it brings mm -hmm. us together in many ways um it's like hey you're blind you deal with all these frustrations i'm blind i deal with all these frustrations and you know, we come together because of that thing. And then we're also of the LB, the LGBTQ plus persuasion. So that's another that thing that we, you know, bond over. Yeah. Byron. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting that it kind of, that brings me though to another, another topic, which is how did you become involved in Blind Pride International? Okay. Well, well, first, uh, when I, I I had a durable medical retail durable durable medical supply company, a retail company, you know, so I I dealt for, for I had that for about fifteen years, so I dealt with a lot of disabled people, mm -hmm. and and in a way it became you know like I like to say, you know, people say oh the disabled be nice you know whether you're disabled or not being becoming disabled does not make you a nice person <laughs> no <laughs> but it doesn't make you a bad person either no yeah, it yeah. doesn't your personality is not your exactly you know you yeah, know. yeah and, it's and, the old and, adage i met a gay person and you're gay oh my god you guys should hook up yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you know yeah you know it, 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 i learned you know and i've dealt with i've you know, I dealt with all types of disabled people in that business. And you learn, you know, people are people on that. So, and then I, I don't know, uh, well, really to get into BPI was Anthony that, got, you know, I saw him on, uh, on Facebook 
and I saw that he, he was local, more or less. Mm-hmm. And I said hello, and we started talking. And he's the one who can, who talked me into uh, joining BPI. So why didn't you join? <laughs> yeah. It's an you know, it, and I said, I am now semi-retired. I'm not. Uh, he, Anthony put it down that I'm a retired. I'm not. I'm not retired <laughs> yet. I'm, I'm semi-retired. As, <laughs> As a as a realtor, I can do it forever, you know, because <laughs> because it's not a nine to five job, you know. And I'm, you know, right. you don't have to go into an office every day and all that. So you know, I said I'm looking for, you know, I was looking for something to get involved in, and that's uh, and, and he said, well, why don't you join B, BPI? And he told me and I looked and I looked up the website, and I said, why not? And you know, and. And mostly it's on it's online, so we're all, we're all we're all blind in a way, you know. It's just the personalities that you're meeting online, not the person. Wow. you know what? I like that. In in that respect, we are all blind. Yeah. Wow. Right. Well, you don't really know anything about you know. I think. It, my my guess is that even pictures can be potentially extremely misleading. I mean, you never know. Well, in the whether, gay community, especially <laughs> the profile pictures you're getting are are you know actual legitimate <laughs> pictures. Well, there might be yeah. other person, but other person I mean, 30, 30 years ago. Years yeah. ago, right? <laughs> exactly. I love when you know. You know when when I still had sight and I would get a picture from someone and it was like one of those very very eighties um you know the, <laughs> the sleeveless where it came you know like little bit off to the shoulder the sleeveless shirt and you could see like the bumper and the the emblem of a big Plymouth and it's like no that picture's only three weeks old are you yeah. kidding me that oh you still have a mo- isn't you, there you, anymore you still have a mohawk you know <laughs> yeah a, a red tail. On it, but you know, it's and and it's true. I, you know, all these just about everybody I've met on online here has been very nice, and you know, and being cited has no has nothing to do with the mm-hmm. conversations there. So you know, I, I except on the there would be occasions where we're like, Gerald, what what's in this picture? What does it look like? Right, right. Charles, I need to borrow your eyes for five minutes. I'm, 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 the, de- I'm the designated sighted person. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yes, I'm... next year when we finally make it to Omaha, you will have to be part of our convention and uh, and be an extra pair of eyes that we might need. <laughs> you know, this is not your room, Anthony. Gerald, Gerald, <laughs> Gerald is he hot? Can you tell me if he's, is, is that guy hot over there? <laughs> well, I have met Anthony and Gabe and both are hot. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, then. Well, hey, you know, they're, ho- they're you know, a- Anthony's hosting the program. So, uh, I, uh, you know. <laughs> he kind of has to say that, doesn't he? How much were you paid to say that? I, I just uh, <laughs> I, I have heard that Byron is pretty damn adorable too. Have you got oh, the gee, to see a picture of Byron? Yes, I have, and he is cute. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm blushing now. Oh boy. Uh, oh, you're blushing now, Byron. <laughs> see, look, this is look. This is what happens when I put people on the spot. They just put me back on the spot. What the heck, man? <laughs> I'm there. 
but uh, no, but uh, I, I, I have enjoyed, you know, the people I've met through BPI and, you know, and I, I enjoy meeting people and especially from all over, not all over the country, but all over the world there. And that's a great thing about the internet. You don't have to be able to, to see them, you know, on that. You just get to know the, the, the person as they are when you get to talk to them. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. Mm -hmm. So I will absolutely apologize for miscategorizing semi-retired. You're um you're still doing real estate. You're yes. living in uh in Fort Lauderdale, having a pretty good time, I imagine, from what you from the things you've told us along the way. What does life look like for you right now? And what uh what are you hoping life will look like when the pandemic is finally receding, if not finally gone from oh. this? Well, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into a, uh, enjoying the, 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 the culture <laughs> of South Florida. You know, I enjoy theater. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy music. I mean, I miss the uh, the South Beach Jazz. I didn't go this year to the South Beach Jazz Festival. Well, the, as you know, the past weekend wasn't the best weather anyway for it. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoy uh, I enjoy going to, down to South Beach, going to you know socializing and I'm, you know, and seeing and seeing friends and actually going out and actually doing things. <laughs> yeah. Other than going to Publix and Trader Joe's and, uh, and the pharmacy. That's those are my big trips. So yeah. I, I know that like the blind community has taken to things like zoom uh, and, and you know, we're doing community calls and, and we're doing more stuff like pride connection and virtual conventions and stuff like that. But um, I'm curious, you know, from a sighted person's perspective, are your friends um, from the sighted realm of things? Are they are they getting together online, or or are you feeling more isolated in that in that realm, like in the sighted realm? Or are you feeling more isolated from those people? I'm feeling Good more isolated. I'm feeling more yeah. isolated. I mean, I really there's only one, like one or two friends that I actually see on, uh, on a semi-regular basis now that I'm able to see on that. So and you're, that. you're like, cause uh, like, I know that they have uh, virtual munches. Uh, various groups have like virtual munches where just basically just like a, a gay and lesbian get together. You know, it's an, it's an LGBTQ uh, get together where people get a chance just to kind of introduce themselves to one another and, um, you know, meet the rest of the community. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, getting, becoming aware of some of those virtual events might help you feel a little bit less, less isolated from that part of the community. Cause I know that on the, the blind people, we got this, we're, you know, we're all about the zoom calls and stuff. But, you know, it, it might be harder for you to kind of um, assimilate into the online um, stuff that's happening in the sighted world. Yeah, well, yeah, there's not that much, you know, here, there's not that much going on with that, with that. Well, at least I've, I've, I haven't found anything. I mean, I do speak to my, you know, I do have a very good friend, a couple, a couple that I that I get to see. I mean, he's, I know he's very safe. He's in charge of the whole covid sanitation at nova university so i know he's mm. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's very and he's very good at that there on, you know making sure that everything is safe but it's uh it's tough i mean you talked about this person that passed away at christmas 
that's the fourth person that I know that have that has died since Christmas. Yeah, I mean, and I just found out someone in my yeah. office just who I've worked with for many years. She come in and out, very lovely woman, passed away on uh, on uh, New Year's Day from COVID. So it's a it's a it's a scary thing. Yeah, you know, I think. Go ahead, Leah. I think COVID has over almost the year that we've been dealing with it. I think it started to get a lot closer um, mm -hmm. to a lot of people. Um, yeah, and I I'm very relieved that we have that we have a vaccine that I hope will get into people's arms sooner than later, um, mm. because it, it is um, we're at a very difficult juncture right now with covid and, oh, yeah. and i'm i'm very glad that we that we do have a way a path out of this a light. yeah oh i i agree yeah. but down here it's the first come first serve and it's impossible to get into these websites mm -hmm. as in, i'm sure as anthony and gabe know yeah, yeah. when you I do mean, get your vaccine gerald what's the first thing that you're going to do like where, where are you going first <laughs> the alibi <laughs> nah, 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 not much of a not much of a drinker there. Nah. On it. Though it was crazy. There were someone posted pictures of the uh with the alibi hunters, which are two big gay bars in one in one shopping center here in Port in Wilton Manor on New Year's Eve and the and the whole parking lot was just filled, just jammed. And no one was wearing a mask. No. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. mm -mm. And so I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. No. No. On that. On the on the earlier theme of being very lucky, I I also as probably connection connection listeners know have the love of my life. Have you been able to forge any emotional relationships during COVID? Are there any outlets for <laughs> for you to you know like Blind Pride, you know a lot of us are are partnered off or or in various other stages are there other outlets for you to find some emotional connection not really no 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 i can't I, you know, right now i'm not i'm not looking for that i mean as you know guillermo came to visit which was a very nice visit there we had a nice time but no no real uh uh connections you know here locally mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I had a wonderful time with him but that you know he's a great person but uh, I the, the, right here there's you know I haven't really met any you know it's hard to meet anyone here and mm -hmm. that wants well, to meet you, you know what one of the things I wanted to tell you this privately off the air but I just realized there might be other people in your in, in similar situation to you that might want this information so I suppose I should I should mention it here just because it might be helpful spit um, it out spit it out yeah so <laughs> so there there is a website um that has lots and lots of different groups of people um you know we we're talking about munches and um, you know, where, where can I find virtual munches or where can I find like-minded people that are hanging out online? Where can I find Zoom parties and seminars and workshops and stuff to, to talk to like-minded people? And there is a website called FetLife, F-E-T-L-I-F-E, -E, and it's kind of like the Facebook of sexuality. 
And there's tons of groups, you know, ranging from, you know, all you know, just basically all walks of life, every every topic you can possibly think of, and they have groups based on cities or states uh, or regions of the world, and um, you know they talk about upcoming events that are happening in certain categories that you might find interesting. So, you know, maybe, maybe check out some of these. Um, they're not exactly hookup sites or dating sites or anything like that. That's not what they're meant for. I mean, some people do use them for that. But it's, at least for my use, it's more for finding, finding events that I might find interesting that have to do with my sexuality. So, um, you know, yeah, since yeah, yeah. that's the so group here, of people we, that you luck, hang out with. Luckily here we have a very active and a very large pride mm-hmm. center. And ah, and they might have virtual events going on too. So maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. No, the... not, right now, not too, not not too much there. But oh, they, wow. I mean, we have a, 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 a covers up. It's over five acres of land. The, the Pride Center. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big, oh. you know, and they have a lot of, you know, n- normally they would have a lot of social activities and stuff. And I've met many nice people through that. Mm-hmm. But right now, that it's on hold. There. Wow, that that's too bad that they're not doing virtual stuff because right now is kind of um, the prime opportunity to do stuff like that. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more organization around around providing virtual get-togethers. Well, we're coming up to the time. I believe it's Mean Mistress time. Is that it? Well, yes, yes, music. As Dwayne says, music is a miss is a uh, mean mistress, but so is time. Yes. And we are running up against the top of the hour. I, I want to thank Gerald for speaking with us today. It's been a fascinating conversation. Well, I hope I, I don't know how fascinating, but, but yes, but hey, I enjoyed it, it. Give yourself some credit. It uh, it has been a really fun, um, intriguing conversation that we've had, and. Um, we will be back next week with Kevin Spiritus. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, you can email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org or visit us at our website at blindlgbtpride.org. All right. And we're out of here. And- You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers.